Emigration is the sincerest form of flattery. Chapter 6. The legal loophole business immigration lawyers won't tell you. Are you visiting for business or pleasure? If you have traveled to the United States as a Canadian citizen, you will know the dominant question U.S. Customs and Immigration Officers will ask you in a variation of the above question. For example, they will ask you whether your trip is for business or vacation or ask you what your trip's purpose is. Either way, most Canadians who travel down south for the winter like Melissa and I used to will usually be granted a B-2 visitor visa for tourism purposes. However, if you have had the opportunity to travel to the U.S. temporarily for 30 or 180 days for business, you are most likely granted entry into the United States under a B-1 uh, business visitor visa. Even a seven-day business trip would have granted you a B-1 visa. The only way to tell is if you check the stamp on your passport. Or if you don't have a stamp, you can check the cbp.gov website to see what your last uh, I-94 number was scanned in as. It could either, either be a B-1 or a B-2. You may have been admitted under this visa category in the past if the statement as to what your purpose of travel was had to do with a business purchase you may have made, a business meeting you may have attended, or anything the admitting officer would have deemed to sound like it would fit in the B-1 business visitor category. In the first few years that Melissa and I traveled heavily to the United States, and by heavily I mean long one-time trips and lots of short duration trips, we were always admitted under a B-2 tourism visa. But if I'm being honest, I never paid attention because I didn't know the differences or thought it was necessary to learn between the various types of travel visas. The truth is, up until that moment that we found ourselves at the U.S. border on Boxing Day in 2015, where the immigration officer kindly taught us the difference, we sort of didn't care to know the difference. Like most Canadians who tend to take for granted the close, the close relationship and proximity between Canada and the U.S., masked by the fact that both countries speak the same language, we thought it didn't matter what the reason was for travel. In a way, we were arrogant to think that as long as we showed up at the airport or the land border and presented our passports, we would have the right to be let in. That was a huge mistake on our part and a massive hurdle when we started traveling, when we began our U.S.-based business. But more on, more on that later in this book. Now that we have over 30 prior uh, entries into the United States together since 2013, we have quite the experience and have had several interactions with U.S. Customs and Immigration Officers about the kind of arrogance they encounter from Canadians who believe entry into the United States is a God-given right, not a privilege. But we learned our first lesson of many when we started presenting ourselves as Canadian citizens attempting to grow a U.S.-based business. Later in this book, we will discuss some of the ways you can communicate with U.S. border officers and the types of documents you must be prepared to show printed and valid so that it will maximize your chance of being admitted entry into the United States under the visa category you desire. And if you're a business owner, investor, or entrepreneur, your intent, what you say in the documents to back up your intent and your words should always reflect across to the immigration officer at the border as being appropriate for them to grant you entry under a B-1 visitor visa. Your entrepreneurship is your leverage for admittance into the U.S. It's no secret that customs and immigration officers in any country, not just the U.S. and Canada, 
will profile you based on what you do, where you were born, how you make a living, how you dress, how you speak, and more importantly, how you react and behave with them as they interview you. So I think this is a significant reason why people have trouble at the border. Think about it like this. If you show up at the border to request entry into the United States and you're rude, obnoxious, or standoffish to the customs and immigration officer who is in a position of authority, then imagine what they will think you will behave like around American citizens once they release you and admit you into the U.S. Whenever you approach a border officer, whether at the airport or the land border, you must be calm, relaxed, and willing to answer any question they throw at you. Truthfully, you're an entrepreneur. You represent your business and your country and yourself. And if you answer truthfully and get denied entry, you will most likely not be banned. They'll just say, okay, well, try again next time. On the other hand, if you lie... That's more than probably going to get you banned for many years. Additionally, if you're traveling with partners or, or children, think about how your behavior will, ref, will uh, reflect on them as well. Contrary to what most people think, including Canadians, is they believe border agents are there to deny you entry into the United States. The opposite is true. U.S. Customs and Immigration Officers are there to facilitate and safe and legal entry for whatever purpose you have stated in your intent to cross. The moment we understood this, our perspective and entries into the United States became much more straightforward. It is one thing to show up at the border, have your passport, and tell the officers that you're visiting for a short seven-day vacation. But unfortunately, chances are you're also not retired. This means you're not over the age of 55, which means you can't tell them you're snowboarding in Florida and Arizona for the next six to eight months. Your entrepreneurial spirit, how you carry yourself, and the documents you uh, you travel with say a lot about you. All the documents they ask to see, they take from you alongside your passport and annotate the information on them on their internal computers. This uh, This builds your immigration record over time. In this way, the next time you re-enter the U.S., they will know the exact reason why you were allowed in previously on that particular visa. Our leverage as entrepreneurs and all of the past documents we have presented to U.S. board officials have all been recorded. And every time we enter, they cross-reference our current documents with what we stated previously. Listen, being truthful gives you an unbelievable leverage, amount of leverage at the border. Your immigration record in the U in the U.S. as a Canadian is more critical now than ever given the times that we live in and how our freedoms of movement are much more restricted in Canada than in the U.S. The legal business immigration loophole even lawyers won't tell you about. Immigration lawyers are an excellent way to learn about your specific options and chances of attaining the entrepreneurial visa you, de- you desire. We have learned many things from our immigration attorney about what we can and cannot do, but we learn even more things by making mistakes, rectifying them, and then running them by our attorney to see what he thinks about what we're trying to do from an immigration standpoint. I built the Canadian American dream because I didn't want other Canadian entrepreneurs to spend five years meandering their way around what sometimes business immigration can feel like a minefield. Melissa and I are fortunate enough to have experienced several immigration-related issues early in our travels, and it was only from that experienced vantage point that we began asking our immigration attorney the right questions. You see, immigration attorneys are there to help you interpret and navigate immigration law and regulations, but those laws and regulations and provisions are created from a general perspective. The hardest thing we have experienced was not knowing what particular questions to ask our attorney or even immigration officers to have a chance to hear a specific answer. 
This is where I generally think that the platform I am building will help Canadians who want to start, buy, or operate their own business in the U.S., and I think it'll thrive. Immigration attorneys are a dime a dozen. They're everywhere. But they don't have the question, uh, the answers to the question you're not asking, even though those answers would benefit you greatly. Even most immigration officers, including the ones you can call for free at the USCIS, U.S. Citizen uh, ship and immigration services, USCIS, will listen to your questions and hear what you're thinking of doing in terms of your business immigration. They will give you the best legal advice they can. A perfect example of this was in 2020 when we discovered a loophole in the business visa process. It was the month of May and the USCIS had just opened up their offices after the initial uh, pandemic shutdowns and Melissa and I were in a bind. This was a few months before we attempted to apply for an E2 visa the first time and our application was denied. You should never attempt to apply for an e-visa if you have already been admitted into the United States under a B-1 uh, business visitor visa without a lawyer. This is a huge mistake we made, and even the USCIS officers found it weird when we would call in to inquire about the status of our application. It was around the middle of May in 2020, and we knew that our six-month B-1 visa lawful status, which rendered us as business visitors able to begin looking for an office, host business meetings, and check out real estate investments, was going to expire at the end of Ju- at the end of July. We had about 60 days left, and even though we knew we would be able to apply for what is called a change of status from a B-1 to an E-2 and receive an answer in less time than that, we would not risk it. If you ever find yourself, listen to this, if you ever find yourself inside the territory of the United States after having been admitted entry on a B-1 business visitor visa, you must know that you are legally allowed to apply and change your status from the short-term B-1 to a three- to five-year E-visa. This is not something that can be done at the U.S. consulate in Toronto because at this point you are inside the United States. So if you want to apply at the U.S. consulate in Toronto, you have to leave the country. But if you apply here in the United States and you get approved, you don't have to go visit the the Toronto uh, U.S. consulate until you actually want to return back to Canada. But that's only if you're already inside the United States. The good news, however, is that at the USCIS, they have an option for you to pay an extra amount of money, not much, and apply under a premium processing program where they evaluate your application for an e-visa in under 15 days or less. Instead of waiting six months inside the U.S. without lawful status or having to apply at the Canadian consulate and waiting almost a year. When we called the USCIS that morning, a level two immigration officer strongly suggested that we apply for a six month extension of status on our current B1 uh, business visitor visa because the wait time on that would be six months. The loophole, as he taught us, was that if we merely had a pending application for extension of status on our B1, as long as that application was pending, meaning as long as we were waiting for an answer during those extra six months, we would maintain lawful status as well as be able to apply for a change of status and not have to leave the country right away. This legal loophole was explicitly created for B-1 business visitors whose initial intent when entering the United States was to conduct business, purchase real estate investments, or open a brick and mortar office like we wanted to. Now, to go a little bit off the script, a lot of other visas can do this, but again, for the purpose of teaching you about the business visas, I'm, I'm going to let you know that you're able to do this if you were to find yourself inside the United States on a B-1. 
They allow for this path of transferring from a B1 to the E2 visa because many entrepreneurially savvy Canadians find whatever they're looking for when visiting the United States for business. We did. So instead of having to return to Canada and apply from there and wait a year or more, which by the way, it's not that long anymore. It doesn't take a year anymore to apply at the consulate. These Canadians are granted the legal right once they're committed to a U.S. business venture to apply for an e-visa here in the United States and here back in 15 to 30 days. I mean, that's pretty sweet. This is a significant win for Canadian investors, entrepreneurs, and business owners who conduct business, and time is often the essence. The immigration authorities understand that business moves fast, so they really facilitate this legal loophole as part of the business immigration law.